Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Charles. Today we have part 8 of Beauty and the Beast. And Beauty is on the way to see her family once more, her father and her brothers and sisters. But the Beast is not very happy about it. We shall soon see why. As soon as Beauty was alone, she hastened to fill the boxes with all the rare and precious things she saw about her, and only when she was tired of heaping things into them did they seem to be full. Then she went to bed, but could hardly sleep for joy. And when at last she did begin to dream of her beloved prince, she was grieved to see him stretched upon a grassy bank, sad and weary, and hardly like himself. "'What is the matter?' she cried. But he looked at her reproachfully and said, How can you ask me, cruel one? Are you not leaving me to my death, perhaps? Ah, don't be so sorrowful, cried Beauty. I am only going to assure my father that I am safe and happy. I have promised the beast faithfully that I will come back. And he would die of grief if I did not keep my word. What would that matter to you? said the prince. Surely you would not care. Indeed, I should be ungrateful if I did not care for such a kind beast, cried Beauty indignantly. I would die to save him from pain. I assure you it is not his fault that he is so ugly. Just then, a strange sound woke her. Someone was speaking not very far away, and opening her eyes, she found herself in a room she had never seen before, which was certainly not nearly so splendid as those she was used to in the beast's palace. Where could she be? She got up and dressed hastily, and then saw that the boxes she had packed the night before were all in the room. While she was wondering by what magic the beast had transported them and herself to this strange place, she suddenly heard her father's voice, and rushed out and greeted him joyfully. Her brothers and sisters were all astonished at her appearance, as they had never expected to see her again, and there was no end to the questions they asked her. She had also much to hear about what had happened to them while she was away, and of her father's journey home. But when they heard that she had only come to be with them for a short time, and then she must go back to the beast's palace forever, they lamented loudly. Then Beauty asked her father what he thought could be the meaning of the strange dreams and why the prince constantly begged her not to trust to appearances. After much consideration, he answered, You tell me yourself that the beast, frightful as he is, loves you dearly and deserves your love and gratitude for his gentleness and kindness. I think the prince must mean you to understand that you ought to reward him by doing as he wishes to in spite of his ugliness. Beauty could not help seeing that this seemed very probable. Still, when she thought of her dear prince who was so handsome, she did not feel at all inclined to marry the beast. At any rate, for two months she need not decide, but could enjoy herself with her sisters. But though they were rich now and lived in a town again and had plenty of acquaintances, Beauty found that nothing amused her very much, and she thought often of the palace, where she was so happy, especially as at home, she has never once dreamed of her dear prince, and she felt quite sad without him. Then her sisters seemed to have got quite used to being without her, and even found her rather in the way, so she would not have been sorry when the two months were over but for her father and brothers, 
who begged her to stay, and seemed so grieved at the thought of her departure that she had not the courage to say goodbye to them. Every day when she got up she meant to say it at night, and when night came she put it off again until at last she had a dismal dream which helped her to make her mind. She thought she was wandering in a lonely path in the palace gardens when she heard groans which seemed to come from some bushes hiding at the entrance of a cave, and running quickly to see what could be the matter she found the beast, stretched out upon his side apparently dying. He reproached her faintly with being the cause of his distress, and at the same moment a stately lady appeared and said very gravely, Ah, beauty, you are only just in time to save his life. See what happens when people do not keep their promises. If you had delayed one day more, you would have found him dead. Beauty was so terrified by this dream that the next morning she announced her intention of going back at once, and that very night she said goodbye to her father and all her brothers and sisters, and as soon as she was in bed she turned her ring round upon her finger and said firmly, I wish to go back to my palace and see my beast again, as she had been told to do. Then... She fell asleep instantly, and only woke up to hear the clock sing, Beauty, Beauty, twelve times in its musical voice, which told her at once that she was really in the palace once more. Everything was just as before, and her birds were so glad to see her, but Beauty thought she had never known such a long day, for she was so anxious to see the beast again that she felt as if supper time would never come. And that is part eight of Beauty and the Beast. And we will hear on Friday the conclusion of the tale, the ninth part, and we will hear what happens with Beauty and her Beast. This is Dan Scholes with the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com, where you'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, thank you so much for listening.